0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies.
0: Senior Bowl's wrapping up down in Mobile, Alabama. We'll get some final takeaways from Joe on the ground down in Mobile, and then we'll get into a mailbag. We'll talk a little bit about yesterday's conversation with Duke Tobin, spend a little bit of time recapping, answering some questions that people had about Tobin's remarks. He's been everywhere in the media this week. Then we'll answer questions about who stood out of the Senior Bowl and who fits for the Bengals. Joe, you are down on the ground there in Mobile, Alabama. You were one of the people to get into the practice that I heard that they were turning people away from down in Mobile as I suppose they reached capacity in their indoor facility. Besides kicks banging off the ceiling, what stood out today?
1: And kicks banging off the back wall. I caught a couple of them from uh, Rodrigo Blankenship, which was pretty awesome, uh, but Standing out was the, in my opinion, the Dayton tight end. Again, had a really, really strong performance. I I think he, seeing him up close, he's much more athletic, bigger, stronger, a little bit more aggressive. Even in his routes, you could see him. He's grunting as he goes through it all. The intensity is extremely high with him. And uh, he's going to, he made himself a lot of money. I wouldn't be surprised if he's now talked about, he's got to test well, but if he's talking about third round pick or so. And I think Watching the Lions practice, two other guys that stand out, Akeem Davis Gaither and Logan Wilson, both uh, deflecting passes on the two-minute drill. Wilson intercepting his. Actually, Ohio State Malik Harrison also intercepted a pass as they were going down in two-minute drills. Um, It's nice to see those linebackers finally get something in coverage. I I think they've been beaten for the most part throughout this week, but uh, getting your hands on the ball, obviously, big Big plays for those guys. I think they're going to stand out when we go back and review the film, which I have to do tonight. But uh, just live look, plus plays for them.
0: Davis Gaither in particular has been drawing some pretty positive reviews, as has Ben Bartsch, who we talked about a little bit yesterday, another small school guy who has stood out against solid competition down there. Were there any guys that you noticed the Bengals coaching staff spent extra time on? You've mentioned a couple guys throughout the week. Steal and Barch the offensive lineman with Jim Turner. Is there anybody else that you've noticed are getting a little bit of extra attention? I wouldn't say extra attention. I think by day three, they pretty much are aware
1: of who is who at that point. Um, you know, you can tell kind of the, that they want to see Justin Herbert do his thing. They're, they're, they coach him. They talk to him a little bit more. Um, maybe Jalen Hurts a little bit more. It's just... It, the kind of the pecking order part, right? You know, the your starting guys, you're going to give a little bit more attention to because you need your starters to play well, but it's also uh an all-star game. So, they're all going to get their chance, they're all going to get their shine. I think everyone took turns either messing up, having good plays and being either rewarded for it or being chewed out for it.
0: So, there are some guys we knew would be good down in Mobile, Neville Gallimore, Javon Kinlaw, who unfortunately had an injury today, but a lot of other guys have really helped their stock down in Mobile, Alabama. Jonathan Grenard is a guy we've talked about. Van Jefferson, the Florida wide receiver, has been a technician in his route running. Denzel Mims, a Baylor wide receiver, has been winning a ton of his one-on-ones. Has there been anyone else who's really surprised you?
1: Yes, I will give one name. Damian Lewis, the guard that's playing next to Lloyd Cushenberry for LSU. I thought he's just maybe like a mauler. He's much more than that. He can move very well. He can get off to the second level, get some blocks. He seems very stout, very strong, as as expected. But uh, the movement ability has really helped him. He's had a good, good week. He's probably what I thought was a day three pick, maybe more of a mid-rounder.
0: There's also a local kid down there who's having a really good game. Might be one of the first Dayton kids drafted in quite a while. Adam Troutman, the tight end, sounds like he's having a week for himself.
1: He has made a lot of money. He's going to be – I wouldn't be surprised if it was a third-round pick at this point. we got to wait for his testing, but he has been really, really good.
0: Great opportunity for some of these players from less-known football programs to make a name for themselves. For example, Josh Jones, a Houston tackle who PFF has been high on all year, he came into the Senior Bowl in the 200s on Todd McShay's big board, and after this week, sounds like he's been pretty solid against some good competition. He's going to go right up into the first, if not the second round, so a great week for some of these guys who make a name for themselves. You can really only help yourself at the Senior Bowl for the most part because If you don't have a great week, well, you've got 12 to 15 games of college tape to fall back on. Practices are done now, though, but we will get a little bit more tape on these guys when they play the All-Star Game on Saturday at Lad People Stadium in Mobile, Alabama. Next up, we get into the first segment of the Mailbag, where we'll talk about Duke Tobin's interview with us, with Joe yesterday down in Mobile, and what his comments have been like in general, the outlook that that gives us. On this offseason. Guys, let's talk about sex.
1: Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Let me tell you, we get free samples, and if you think Marshawn Lynch has a good stiff arm, you've seen nothing yet. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's blue dot Promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the
0: Locked On Bengals podcast. And we've still got a good deal to tell you about from my bookie. If you're the type of fan that knows football so well, That you want to go down to Vegas before the draft and play some bets, call a game, make some money. Well, my bookie, you don't even have to go to Vegas. Plays for you because they'll let you turn your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. You got the NBA. You got college basketball. The end of the football season, these last few playoff games. The Super Bowl, actually. It's time to get off the sideline and into the action with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little to win a lot, try Parlay. Get a few different games going together. And if they all hit, you'll win a big payout. Also, if you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Again, that's promo code Locked On to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Go check it out on MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. So let's just get right into these questions, Joe. You've just wrapped up your last day in Mobile, but first we want to spend some time reflecting on yesterday's interview with Duke Tobin. We have a few questions. We're going to start with there, and then we'll get into the Senior Bowl specific stuff later. Our first question, I like this name, Joe, comes from Marv's mythical halftime adjustments. It's a good I name. Like that. Right? Yep. <laughs> Tobin told Paul Dana Jr. that they would rather hold on to a player they know than trade for a pick because that pick is unknown. Do you think they deviate from this philosophy a little more this year and sign some quality free agents and make savvy trades? And before you answer this question, Mo Egger today on 1530 went on a savage rant comparing this to Duke Tobin a year ago when he said trades are something that we could look into, but that costs draft capital. Today he's saying... We don't want to give up our veterans for draft picks. And Mo's going on about how he's, he's trying to have it both ways. But regardless of that, do you think they're going to deviate and sign some free agents this year, make some trades?
1: Yeah, and he said something similar when we talked to him, right, about having known commodities versus, you know, just bringing in anybody and you don't know how these draft picks are going to work out. So I don't know if that means necessarily that free agency. I didn't take it as uh, that free agency and trading draft trading for draft picks had to be the same thing Uh, number one I think a lot of people were still asking for why didn't you trade AJ Green why didn't you trade Geno Atkins and yada yada Uh, but I think on the other end like trading Andy Dalton is definitely on the table where you can get a pick for a guy that you definitely don't need anymore Uh, but when it comes to like I think a one-for-one, one, I don't think he's wrong to say trade Geno Atkins for a third-rounder when what's that third-rounder going to be? What's their hit rate in the third round? Forty percent? I mean, I get it. So, uh, But I also think he was very understanding and revealing, I guess, of saying that the team isn't in good shape and they have a lot of holes. So... You do kind of go on, you know, back and forth there with, okay, so if we're going to take everything that he says at his word, he realizes they have a lot of holes. He knows free agency is an avenue to fill them. He doesn't want to give up veteran players that he thinks can still help them for a mid-round pick that could be 50-50 at best. All of those can be true. Uh, but I think at the same time, when we have also asked before, if, if they were saying, Moe it was, right, that's saying, that, uh, you know, why don't you give up for veteran players I think there's always a value to that in terms of we've talked we've talked about it a bunch of times. You could flop a six-round pick, right, for a Trent um, – what's his name? Uh, the tackle that the Patriots got. What's his name, Jake? Trent Brown. Trent Brown. Yes, that's it. As soon as your mouth started moving, I knew where you were going. Trent Brown. And that would make sense. The Bengals have done this in the past. They have gotten guys like Brian Leonard and, you know, Reggie Nelson. So I don't think that's ever off the table looking for upgrades that way. I just think uh, – I think sometimes the audio or the. Because we saw a lot of people that weren't upset, that were upset with the way I think Tobin came across, whether that was listening to our audio or maybe the transcripts from Paul Denner Jr. at The Athletic. There were visual cues that. Duke Tobin were giving to us. And I think even John and I didn't talk about it until afterwards till we saw some of the responses from people where we looked at each other and said, did you get this out of this or did you feel he was saying this? And we we're both like, yeah, he meant, he would say we look at tackle production, but like the way he looked at us, like, if you know what I mean, you know, I mean, tackle solo tackle market share, I, receiving production versus other guys in the draft. He was like letting us know if you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying, but maybe the other writers wouldn't.
0: Yeah, you know, I was hoping that he would have let you finish some questions. And this is kind of where we're going with our next question from a listener, because you didn't get to say specifically, like, have you heard of Dominator rating? Have you heard of Breakout Age? What do you Mm -hmm. think of these different things that have shown a lot of correlation, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, we wanted to go in that direction. Instead, he took it over and. You know, because you got to understand, he doesn't know where we're coming from, right? He doesn't know who we are, if we're asking or trying to trick him or trying to actually get information. So when I say analytics, I'm thinking he's thinking advanced analytics, right? Of course, I don't mean arm length and stuff. I mean, that is an analytic. He's not wrong. But I'm talking about some of the advanced statistics. So when he's bringing up GPS stuff, I'm like, okay. But then he started to talk about height and I mean, size, speed ratios and production ratios and, Mm -hmm. and things like that. And he brought up, you know, production and, and tackles and yada, yada. And I'm like, okay. And the way he was saying it was definitely giving us cues.
0: Yeah. You got to pick up on those little, I guess, like you said, the little cues, the little words that he sprinkles in that give you the breadcrumb that is, yeah, no, we know what these things are. Of course we know what these things are, but he's, you know, he's not going to sit up there and say, Oh, yeah. If their breakout age percentile is below 60, you know, we knock them down to two grades. Anyway, did you have a feeling that he was trying to shy away from something? This is our next question from Stephen Fox at Steiffschloff. He's asking, do you feel like Duke was trying to shy away from anything? Are there any Bengals coaches that the senior bowl that are that players are speaking highly of that you talk to or do they talk about that? First thing for Duke, he wanted
1: to shy away from the Burrow question. Mm-hmm. I think he's tired of answering it. Answering it. Number two, uh, he, I think, if you listen to him and listen to what they want in a quarterback, what they like in a quarterback, and how they're going to upgrade in quarterback, first he pretty much said you can. He said without saying it, they're going to draft Joe Burrow. I mean, I, it was no doubt in my mind after talking what Zach, Zach Taylor and what he likes, you, and talking to Duke Tobin what they like. It is going to be Joe Burrow, and I feel stronger about it. Even though people are worried, you know, they're they're coaching Justin Herbert, or these reports come back and forth. Man, they just when you say you play fifteen flawless games, you have very little questions to ask. When I ask, can you have everything else than have an average arm? And he, like, you see his look. He's like, yes, that's that's okay. We can figure out the rest. And Zach Taylor said the same thing. Um, And I felt like both those guys knew who I was talking about when I say it. When I talk about off-script stuff, they're both like they know who I'm talking about just by the way they they are engaging afterwards, you know. Uh, You can tell the difference between a dry answer and a I know what you mean and we can talk about it without saying it type of thing. And I thought both were very uh, engaging in that way. So, you know, I felt like very clearly afterwards that, like, burrows the guy. So, And then the
0: other one, the other part of this question is – are, are do the players talk about the coaching they're getting yeah. did you talk to any players that said yeah it was really great to work with jamal singleton it was really yeah. great to you know talk to the three quarterback coaches essentially that are on the bengal staff did you get any of that
1: i asked that question today to lloyd cushionberry of lsu the center i've got a little maybe two minute clip that i'm going to send jake and maybe he'll upload it into the spot right now pause but uh, i think uh Cushenberry said he liked Turner and liked Turner's style, being coached hard. You know, because some guys probably don't like that. But you know what I found nice about Turner at the end of the practice today? He brought everyone in. Everyone else is scattering around. We're waiting to talk to some offensive linemen, John and I. We want to talk to the LSU guys, and um, Turner kept his guys in, and they're all still like really into what he's saying. And this is the last practice. Everyone's kind of you know relaxing at this point, point. and he's telling them, "You're going to get beat." welcome to life, and you're going to lose a rep, and it's okay. It's not the worst. Don't lose your confidence. You guys are all here for a reason. There's no tackle in this league that didn't give up a sack last year. Go out there, play hard, forget about the mistakes, and and earn your position coming up in the draft. You've got tomorrow's game or – and when you listen to this got Saturday's game you've got workouts you got the combine go earn your position and I think the guys resonate with it because he's he's real about it so he's he's a bit of a dick but uh, I think some of the offensive linemen really like it
0: I think that that's a football culture thing there got to mm-hmm. be quite a few players who just are going to respond to tough love and Jim Turner does keep getting jobs regardless of the results and just on this topic quickly because it sounds like you've talked about Jim Turner a few times this week you've heard him his his he's loud his energy yep. is is very high the intensity level other people have commented on very high so are, are you feeling like a lot of Bengals fans are like oh they bungled it they didn't get Callahan give me 20 right. seconds on outlook on Jim Turner coaching the offensive line in 2020.
1: You know, it's hard to say because it's going to be dependent on the talent they bring in, right? How much better can they get? But uh, just it's easy to like him more when you can hear his coaching points. Like I can't hear what the receivers coach is saying because he's not loud and crazy. I can hear from 50 yards away what Jim Turner is telling – uh Barch, Ben Barch, what to do at left tackle and how to fix his feet and how to fix his handwork. And then he does it. The guy responds and does it. And he's like, Good job, Barch. And he goes on to ripping a, a new hole in the next guy and then corrects him and fixes him. And then they respond to it. And it's like, I can hear it and and really understand what's going on. I could like today was we're standing a foot i mean my toes were on the out of bounds in the end zone i could hear the safety coach rob livingston i could hear luana rumo and see how they're correcting guys so once you get that perspective you kind of realize they all know what they're doing
0: yeah they're nfl coaches for a reason right
1: yeah they are they're, they're smart guys they know what they're
0: doing all right we've got some questions pertaining to your week at the senior bowl we'll get to those here in just a second But before we do, I'm going to tell you again about our third time returning sponsor an exemplar of loyalty, Abco Safety, a safety distributor located in Cincinnati, which has partnered with 3M to sponsor the Locked On Bengals podcast. We're grateful for their support, really means a lot to us. And if you or your company purchase safety equipment, you got to give them a call because they'll save you money on your safety budget. Check out their website at www.abcosafety.com for a full inventory. But keep in mind, those are retail prices and they can get you what you need. They'll establish corporate pricing for their customers. So give them a shot at quoting your safety equipment. See how much they can save you today. That's www.abcosafety.com and give them a call at 513-672-1818 and mention Locked On Bengals so they know you came from the podcast. Again, that's 513 672 1818.
1: Want to go see your Cincinnati Reds this spring during spring training? Well, Arizona is a great place to go, not only see baseball, but to see everything else. And if you go down there and go down for the Cactus League, they've got 10 stadiums, 15 MLB teams, 75 degree temperatures. All 10 stadiums are in the greater Phoenix area within 50 miles.
0: Yeah, you can go down and see your Reds in Goodyear Park down there. Or maybe, we've talked about it before, you're into the craft beer. They've got Four Peaks, Angel's Trumpet Ale House, Goldwater Brewing Company, all known for great beer. Or maybe you're into hiking. Maybe you want to get out in the desert for the numerous national parks down there. Go up to the Grand Canyon. And if you do the canyon, make sure you bring enough water because it's the way back. Unlike most hikes, that's challenging. It's easy going down, hard coming up. Kind of the opposite of the Bengals. We had a hard time with this bad year, and we're going to come up next year. So go on down to Arizona. Take yourself a little spring break. Plan your getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. All right, so we've got some senior bowl questions to get to. And you notice in that first segment, Joe mentioned some Lloyd Cushenberry audio. We have audio clips, and we will be getting those to you, but they'll be in here next week when Joe's back at home. So we're going to talk a little bit about your week in Mobile, some player observations, that sort of thing. Our first question comes from Canadian Bengals fan. Joe, what were the coolest moments for you being in Mobile, regardless of it being football or Bengals-related? Was it cool to see a certain prospect? Was it hotel beers and food with media friends or did you meet somebody new that you hadn't met before that was memorable
1: all of that i mean i hope someone asks this question again next week because i'm going to remember other things that i could probably talk for 20 minutes about the cool little things uh just meeting people obviously is is awesome from players and coaches to all the media members, which everyone seems so nice and, and supportive of each other. And it's just a good time doing all that, going out to eat, having drinks afterwards, which we plan on doing and a little bit here tonight for the last night. I'm sure everyone will be out. But for me, the coolest thing I thought was we're sitting in there. We're waiting for the film to be uploaded. They have a digital room in the hotel where you can go watch practice film afterwards and we did it all last year, had a really good time. I sat with like Josh Norris and Fran Duffy last year. So I'm like, I'll do that again. And all these other people are in there and everyone's having a good time watching film and, and breaking it down with each other. But it wasn't like that this year and they couldn't get it uploaded for whatever reason. And as other team scouts are walking in the the guy that's running it says, Oh, don't worry guys. You'll be able to get the film. Just log on to your, to your team thing. And he even says it to us cause he doesn't know where we're from. Uh, And I'm listening, and I'm overhearing Panthers coaches and scouts talk to receivers and ask them questions, try and trick them, try and get them to diagram plays. And then I overhear some other scouts, what's the login? And they they trade the login information for the film with each other, and I'm like, I got it. I overheard this, and now whoever wants some film, I've been giving it to other uh, draft guys. I'm like, hey, here's the login to go watch some film of the uh, Senior Bowl practices. And everyone that's like, oh, that's awesome. They're sitting in their hotel watching film, and I think for me that's the most fun because – they should give that to us
0: anyways. Well, I hope the senior bowl guys don't listen to this episode and change no, the password. Come on. You never know. You never know who listens, Joe. Our next question though comes from new day, dusty, dusty balls. a weight back in the mailbag. We're going to shift our focus a little bit onto football, looking toward the draft. And I might have some thoughts on these questions too, but first he wants to know, Joe, if he can give, if you can give two prospects that stood out the most to you this week, one on offense, one on defense, if, You can. Maybe guys you haven't mentioned before, but if they're guys that just stood out all week, they stood out all week, what can you do? Right, and I've got
1: maybe 25 guys I think I have highlighted on this roster, and I'm going to write about it probably more in depth tomorrow while I'm waiting for the plane, or maybe on the plane, and that'll be on The Athletic at some point. Um, But I I think for me, the guys that jump out that I really enjoyed – I want to say the pairing of Cushenberry and Lewis, the two interior linemen from LSU, just it's probably unfair because you put those two next to each other and all of a sudden they can push any D tackle out of there. Their their combo blocks and their timing with each other is like on any other because unlike any other, because uh, obviously you're with someone new next to you all the time. But today I, I, we got a second look at uh, Troy pride, junior Notre Dame corner. He's just competitive. He's fluid. He's got good ball skills. He these two slot guys for the North team that are really good, K.J. Hill from Ohio State, and I'm forgetting the guy's name from SMU, but they are, they're super tightly wound, and they have good agility and explosiveness, but when Pride got matched up with them, especially in red zone— he was good and I was listening to NFL Network, and the coach was on there saying he's gonna run a 4-3. So I think Pride's gonna shoot up boards if he hasn't already. And on the offensive side, I couldn't take my eyes off of. I'm looking for his name here. Last name Mims, wide receiver from Baylor. Denzel, Denzel thank you, John Sheeran. Denzel Mims in this guy's listed at I think 6'2, 220. But he moves like a guy that's 5'11", 190, and his agility and explosiveness, and then he's good in contested situations, and he tracks the ball well, makes good body catches, especially in the red zone. I just saw someone's top 10 receivers. He's not in there, and I'm like, I haven't watched all these receivers, but I can't believe he's going to be, what, a third-round pick then if we're getting to number 11, 12, to 15 receivers? So Denzel Mims, man um he looked great today there's, there's a lot of guys I'm gonna write about a lot of these these players uh, over the next 24 hours because um, it's after day one you're like eh, a couple people stood out after day two you're like all right maybe these guys aren't that good maybe that guy is then after three days you feel pretty good about the roster and you're like there's a lot of guys that should be moving on draft rankings
0: I feel like I've read a lot of that. I feel like more so than in years past, I've heard about guys that are moving up. I think that Ben Barch, a guy we've talked yeah. about on the podcast this week, had, had a huge week for himself coming from a D3 school and playing pretty well against some of the better Ed Rushers in the class. Denzel Mims is a guy I was going to name. He has been in every mock draft I've done in the last 24 hours. Last night I did two mock drafts just because uh, I was feeling it, right? You got the the senior bull mm-hmm. in the air, and I'm picking Josh Uchi from Michigan. I'm picking Denzel Mims. Oh, yeah. I'm picking Ben Barch, I'm picking Antoine Brooks, you know, Josh Jones, Jason Stro- Strobridge from North Carolina. Oh, the defensive yes, please. Tackle.
1: What all a nut. Guys, that guy's a nut.
0: All these guys are having great weeks for themselves down in Mobile, and I feel like maybe this is every year. Maybe I'm just paying more attention this year. But I feel like there are a lot of guys that have really helped themselves. So along those lines, you have two guys that have stood out to you the most. But who are your favorite fits for the Bengals hmm. that you've seen down there? Just think of one or two guys. This question comes from Will Neltner at WNeltner33.
1: It's hard to say what the fits are because, you know, I'm only watching them in a controlled setting. And, I'm wa- and the North guys, when you watch them, it's not... See, you would think it'd all be South guys, right? South guys are are getting coached by the Bengals. They're pretty much showing what their scheme would be and how fun that would be to to just easily translate them. But the I guess at the same time I want to see the college film on a lot of these guys before I'm sure of their fit. The guys I don't mention, maybe they're maybe they're not playing well this week because they don't fit the Bengals team. But then if I go watch the film, maybe I'll say, oh no. And once you learn how to use them, that will be a, a much better. But I will say North Squad. Uh, kicker Tyler Bass from Georgia Southern I don't know if I assume he's making waves on the internet and on Twitter Jake you probably would see more than I am out here the guy can probably hit from 65 no problem he's hitting the, the ceiling I know John got a video of it on kickoffs he's hitting the ceiling and they're just throwing the ball to the returner, saying, okay you run because and the coach even said that before uh if the ball hits the ceiling because they're expecting it just just go running with this ball right here, and um, it did hit the basically like every time this guy's got a cannon for a leg. You want to fit for the Bengals? We need to start scoring from
0: 55 yard out nonstop. That's our pick in the fifth round for you right there. Tyler bass There you go. There's a kicker for you. The punter sounds like he's having a good week too. We oh, talked yeah. about him yesterday. Next question comes from Spencer Myers since he spent 19. Heard the South is being coached better than the north? Is that noticeably true? If so, are the Bengals coaching well or are the Lions coaching poorly? And I think this is more about scouts enjoying the way the practice is run. But today, Deep Fried Draft, who was standing behind you when I told you to mm-hmm. get off the field when you were on the boundary line there, said that he thought that yesterday there was too much standing around in the Bengals' oh, practice. Yeah. What's your take on that?
1: Oh, yeah, and other people were talking about that also. See, we didn't get this mention that on yesterday's podcast. On Tuesday... The Lions had a boring practice. They were setting up how to practice the rest of the week, right? Well, the Bengals were like, all right, let's go straight into install and and running and doing things that we want to do and be good at as a team. Uh, The Lions were teaching how to practice and how they want the intensity to be and how they want the the teamwork to to work and the communication to work, which is boring. But then by day two, day three, you're like, oh, this Lions practice is efficient. It's quick. It's intense. And they're getting what they need to get done. Well, the Bengals were kind of still people standing around drinking water while half the field's being used. And the other half of the field is, well, you could be doing drills over there. You could be doing something with those guys that aren't doing anything. So I don't know if that means coaching is bad, but they're different style of practices. They they could be on the side getting pointers from Jim Turner, which happened a lot for the offensive There He's telling you where to put your feet and how to fix your knee and how to fix your elbow. Uh, so it's not necessarily wasted time as much as it is on field time wasted doesn't mean they're getting bad coaching it just means it's different I think a lot of people just wanted to see the guys out on the field going one-on-one head-to-head because that's the value for scouting
0: and the Bengals generally use the third day of practice in the week this year as a slower day as a walk-through kind of day so it yeah. doesn't surprise me that they took a little bit of a slower pace that's pretty similar to what they did this year as they tried to manage Load managed like they do in the NBA. Last question. Jack Fleming at Alpaca Death Trap with a fun hypothetical that I don't really know what my answer would be. If the Bengals had drafted Dwayne Haskins last year and still ended up with the number one pick by, say, not playing him at all, would you hmm. still be in on Joe Burrow or would you think now it's Chase Young or would you be like, you know what, I'm just going to pile up picks and trade back?
1: It's tough. You know, we liked Haskins enough to be interested if the Bengals would have made that pick. I don't think either of us would have made the pick on our own, right? When we did mock draft Mondays, we weren't banging the table and saying, we got to have Haskins. We were saying more of, if the Bengals took him, I'd be excited for the prospects, right, of having a new quarterback. Uh, Haskins was poor for the most part, but we're talking about a guy with 14 starts in the Redskins' offense, and they fired their coach, and they were kind of a, a mess, as they tend to be. So it's hard to get a true feeling of what Haskins was. In his scenario, in the question scenario, we wouldn't see Haskins at all. And he would have that year to sit. I think at that point, you'd either trade back and accumulate picks, if possible. But it's hard to deny what Burrow has done. I just think it's such a great situation for the Bengals to be in this situation with the number one pick and have Burrow and have the choice made for you because he was so damn good that— Dreaming up that scenario, I don't know where I'd go. I guess we'd have to be in those shoes because it would be awfully tempting to not just take Chase Young or what's the trade offers? I mean, it's it's easy to say five first-round picks, but what if it's just one extra? Is that worth it?
0: Yeah, I think this is a situation where you kind of could get a bidding war going for the services of Joe Burrow from, say, the Panthers and the Miami Dolphins. Maybe you get two first-round picks, three second-round picks, and then if you already have a quarterback that's in his second year – that looks a lot more attractive. Or maybe you just sit there and you draft Chase Young because, you know, talk about a generational prospect. A lot of people believe he is. And then you just start building your team and you've got your quarterback. But this time, the Bengals will get their quarterback. And next year, when it's whoever, if the Bengals are picking near the top, again, we're not going to be as tempted unless Joe Burrow, something disastrous happens. And let's not even speak that into existence, right? Right, we don't want
1: to do that. We want to speak the the optimum outcome into existence.
0: He was up there practicing in Athens today. There's some video out there on Twitter. Go look it up. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Next week, we are back on our normal schedule. Joe is home for Mobile. We'll have a lot more Senior Bowl content to get to you, though, as we get through next week. And the game, of course, is on Saturday. So if you want to see all these guys we've been talking about on Twitter and on the podcast, tune in. Take a watch. Let's see how the Bengals do. And the Bengals should be favored, right? They've got the quarterback advantage by a mile. And offensive line v-
1: advantage. I just, yeah, that, they should win that game. Um, I Things happen, though.
0: You never know in these games. They are indeed all-star games. There's no blitzing. There are very specific rules about defenses, formations, offenses, motion, that sort of thing. But we'll find out on Saturday. Until next time, Bengals fans, have a good one.